The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight on Frightful, two couples fresh out of college move into an old house together. They think they've got the bargain of a century until they are faced with a horrific and life-threatening paranormal experience. I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, I want to tell you about a case that was first told to a paranormal researcher called Brad Steiger. He said it was one of the most disturbing cases he had ever encountered. I wonder what you think of it as you meet the thing in the house. When you're fresh out of college, the dream might be to use that education to walk straight into a fabulous new job and get the house of your dreams. Yet those early years after graduation can actually be quite a challenging time financially, which was exactly the case for two couples in the case I'm about to tell you about. The year was 1974 and George and Tina Martell and Rick and Anna Delapina had recently graduated from college in Illinois. Rick and George had met through the college softball team, but Tina and Anna also knew each other separately through classes that they took together. It wasn't long before these couples became firm friends and they went out on double dates and hung out and they got on really well. Now, both couples got married soon after graduation, but it was a couple of months after that when they just happened to run into each other while they were looking for new jobs in Wisconsin. They were delighted to catch up and they headed to a fast food joint and they chatted over burger and fries. And none of them were too proud to admit that despite their college education, the current economic climate was making life a serious challenge. George and Tina, for example, were staying with relatives at the time while Anna and Rick were living in a cheap hotel room. And as they sipped their Cokes and shared the story, they had an idea. What if they joined forces? What if they looked for a house they could rent together? That way they could share their income and might cover a pretty decent place to get them at least started. And so before they parted ways that afternoon, it was decided the Martells and the Delapinas would house hunt together. Now, there were various house options in Wisconsin, and they spent a while checking places out. Perhaps some were just too run down or dilapidated to work, but after periods of hunting, they eventually found a tantalizing prospect. It was a surprisingly large three-story house. It was on the outskirts of the city, but the rent was low for such a long, uh, such a really big place, really. And not only that, this old house had furniture. So they knew they'd found 
a good place for their budget. So the two couples moved in soon after, and as they started to clear the place up and scrub the dust and grime away, the better it got. Tina told Steiger how she and Anna were, quote, blown away by the um, the elegance of the furnishings, the, the carpets, the paintings, the plush furniture. They said they felt like they were interlopers in some old millionaire's mansion. And they just laughed at all of the guy, the two guys who were just grumpy about the furniture, calling it old junk. They could tell it was actually quite classy stuff. Now, there was one item that did catch the husband's eyes. It was a full-length portrait in the living room. In it was a striking and quite beautiful blonde woman, tall in her mid to late 30s. And one of the most intriguing parts of the picture was not only her face, but her positioning, her demeanor. You see, in the painting, she was leaning against the very fireplace in which the portrait was hanging. And so the couples decided, wow, this, this almost certainly must be a previous occupant of this mysterious home. And so they left the painting in place, maybe because the men found her quite attractive, though Anna felt a bit unsettled by the woman's stare. You know, paintings, when they kind of follow you around the room, well, this one certainly did. Anna even said she felt the painting knew what she was thinking, but she just put that down to being silly. Now, George offered to take the painting down, but despite the feeling of uneasiness, they all agreed this was the lady of the house, so let's keep it up kind of cool anyway. Almost felt disrespectful to move it away. So anyway, the painting remained above the fireplace. Now financially things were fairly steady. Uh, Rick and Anna had studied education in college and both had managed to get substitute teacher jobs and they were filling, uh, well they were about to fill in for two teachers, one who just had a baby and the other one who had been in a car crash. George on the other hand was working in retail as a clothing store manager. Tina was about to start work as a bank teller. So all four of them, you know, things were starting to look up that they were going to be able to bring a wage in until things in the house began to change. It's all within the first week, by the way. George and Tina were at home in one of those early days, rearranging things in the kitchen when they were suddenly startled by an unexpected noise. They heard footsteps running up the stairs. Confused, the two of them whirled round and headed into the living room calling up the stairs or like Anna is that you or Rick but there was no answer and they knew they weren't even at home but these noises went on they heard the unmistakable sounds of footsteps carrying on in the upstairs hallway clomping with a lot of force which was frightening enough but then they said they heard the footsteps grow louder and to their astonishment as they looked up the stairs they heard the steps pounding back down again straight in front of them and through the door. George and Tina looked at one another in absolute shock because the steps, the sound of them was undeniable, but they had seen nothing. The couples were eating dinner that night and over the meal, well, uh, George uh, plucked up the courage to share his experience of the footsteps with Anna and Rick. Their response wasn't great. They kind of just snorted with a bit of laughter and giggled into their wine. They were convinced their friends were just messing around. And uh, who could blame him, George told Steiger. If the situation had been in reverse, he said he probably would have laughed at a story like that too. Maybe you would have laughed. But he insisted, we're not making this up. When they saw the seriousness, the other two 
did calm down and stopped laughing, but they could see them winking at each other, so they didn't take it seriously. Until that night when they were in bed and they were lying there, the two different couples in their different rooms and were trying to figure out what could have happened with those steps and how they could have been made. Anyway, things seemed normal the next day and the next. But it was when that day turned into night that something terrifying happened in the house. Tina and George were sleeping in their rooms when they suddenly were shocked awake by the sound of bitter screaming. It was coming from Anna and Rick's room. The couple sprang out of bed and they stumbled and scrambled as fast as they could across the dark landing to their friend's door. And as the screaming went on, they hammered on the door and then shoved the door open and they froze when they saw what was happening inside. Anna was thrashing around on the bed with her hands clutching at what seemed like, well, this couldn't be possible, but seemed like she was clutching at invisible hands around her throat. That was the claim. Rick was in the room in panic and he shouted to others. She says something's trying to choke her. That's what she'd said. Now, Rick was trying to pull Anna's hands from her throat, but as he did so, he said he felt an impact in his stomach that like he was kicked. He staggered backwards. He toppled over a chair. He hit the floor. He was winded. Tina told Stagger later that um, he, she, she was convinced it wasn't Anna who kicked him because her legs looked like they were being held down by an invisible force and only her arms were free. She also said her eyes were bulging, the veins on her hands were standing out as if under a great strain. George rushed forward to try and help, but he felt an impact against his face and he stumbled backwards and he could barely believe it when the pain in his nose actually produced blood. His, his nose started bleeding. He, he was thinking, have I been punched? Is that possible? Who did that? Was that Anna? He couldn't tell. It got worse because just after the two men had been pushed away, Anna seemed to spring off the bed and then she slammed into the floor with such force that her ankle twisted underneath her as if it might snap and they all winced as Anna's head smacked against the corner of her cabinet. And at that point, it seemed to be over. But Anna was now lying on the floor, gasping and trying to gather breath into her throat, which at least now seemed free of the pressure of those invisible hands. Tina, in dazed, dazed confusion, dropped next to a friend and immediately tried to straighten that badly twisted ankle. And all Anna could say was, in a voice barely there, through the strain of what had happened, was this. He tried to kill me. And she said this, the ugly little dwarf tried to kill me. Now the four gradually got their breath back and their minds were racing and understandably they were trying to rationalise what had just happened. Surely this was just a natural explanation. She couldn't possibly have been attacked by an invisible assailant. This must have been the most colossal, spectacular nightmare they'd ever witnessed. And maybe they somehow got hit and in the confusion, um, the two men didn't see her do it. So they went to bed anyway, clinging to these skeptical ideas and fighting against the memories of what just had happened. Not to mention the mysterious footsteps from the three days before. Well, when they woke the next morning, it was a shock to see Anna's condition. Because not only was her ankle twisted and badly swollen, her throat and face were thick with bruises. 
and it was frustrating and embarrassing because she had to call in sick to her substitute teacher job that she'd only just started working at. She told them the only thing she could think of, she'd had an accident. Rick headed off to his teaching job that day and they couldn't risk him losing his job too, so he had to go. Now, George and Tina hadn't started their new jobs just at that point, so it was them who took Anna to the doctors to get checked out. Tina told Steiger about that visit to the medical center and he said that the doctor who was a kind of fatherly stocky figure in his 60s was concerned obviously about Anna's condition but um, his line of questioning suggested that he expected he he thought this was spousal abuse and uh, anyway they talked more and eventually the doctor started to accept maybe that that's not what this was about but out of curiosity he asked where do you all live and Tina told him And at that point, she said he got really quiet and peculiar and she heard him mumble something under her breath as if he was talking about the house, saying that, well, what do you expect in that place? Now, the two women were not happy with this remark. Um, They insisted he explain himself and he said, I'm I'm sorry, I I spoke out of turn. They pressed him and he said, look, let's just say the house in which you're living has a bit of a history. Uh, somewhat unpleasant history at that. Now the women said, well, define unpleasant. What happened in that house? And it was awkward, but the two women, um, you know, would not let him avoid this topic. So eventually they beat him down and he admitted things happened there around the turn of the century. He said terrible things and there was even stories of murder. But he said to speak of it now was superstitious nonsense and for them to just forget he said anything. (laughs) Easier said than done. Well, he turned away and uh, got on with his, his, his work for that day. And um, they left and went back to the house. Now, for the next two days, the couples tried to live life as normal. But there were things starting to change in that home. New activity was beginning. The footsteps came back, running up and down the stairs. But this time, it wasn't just George and Tina who heard it. Anna heard it, too. Doors began to slam and water taps started turning on and off by themselves. And one night, when they were eating together, they all just were watching the door that had the sliding door in the dining room. They turned to see this sliding door just suddenly start to slowly and methodically open all by itself. And as they sat there with their forks of food, like abandoned, they felt a cold rush of air come across the dining room table and ruffle their hair. Now, Anna, who had been victimized on the bed a few nights before, was understandably terrified. George and Tina were about to start their retail and bank jobs. And Anna realized that meant she was going to be stuck at home alone. She was determined to avoid that scenario and decided that even though she didn't feel ready, two days off her substitute teaching job was enough. And so in order to avoid being in the house alone she said she was going to go back to work now on the night the sliding door opened um rick tried something maybe it was a sense of bravado or frustration but apparently he said he stood at the bottom of the stairs and he shouted whatever's in this place you stink (laughs) take it from me the presence seemed to respond immediately by releasing like a noxious odor that couldn't, didn't just last for a few moments. That stench lasted on, the, on, on that staircase for the next few days. 
Now, amazingly, all of this paranormal activity happened within like the first week or so of them living in the house. So that's a pretty eventful first time. And the two couples had a meeting together to discuss the situation, and they agreed that the activity was disruptive, annoying, and yes, certainly frightening. But there hadn't been any more physical attacks like the one that happened to Anna and kept her from her job for two days. And by now, well, George and Tina's jobs were about to start, so they reasoned that, look, all four would be out during the daytimes, and then they would get back together in the evenings and team up together so they could face whatever happened as a group. They also started to do what many would naturally do. They meticulously went through all the incidents, asking themselves, are we overreacting? Did Anna just have a terrible nightmare? The idea of a killer dwarf did sound frankly ridiculous. Did those old stairs have a creak to them that sounded like footsteps? Could the sliding doors hinges be slightly off? Could bad plumbing explain that sudden smell? This was an old house and old houses make sounds and act strangely at times. Well, George and Rick had a theory too. They believed that the presence of all of this spooky old antique furniture was priming them to feel like they were living in Disney's haunted mansion and maybe they were having a bit of kind of group psychosis, especially with the mysterious painting of the lady of the house. Perhaps the atmosphere had made them all hopelessly suggestible and they were riling each other up to create a, well, what they call it, like a social contagion. It might sound unlikely to you, but many people in paranormal situations will naturally do this sort of rationalizing or they will or they will live along with the activity, especially when they have few options to move elsewhere. Well, the decision was made that they would continue to save their money by staying in this bizarre yet large and roomy home. Perhaps the entity was unhappy with their decision to stay, however, because the next morning something new and frightening occurred. Not at night, but in the bright glow of morning. The couples were sitting together having breakfast. It was just after 7am, and soon they'd all be heading off to work and getting a much-needed break from the home. And yet, as they ate their food, they all started to hear something. At first, one of the group thought some stranger must have come onto the driveway with a lawnmower. But Rick knew about cars, and he immediately recognized that sound as coming from an old roadster car, the type that would have been driven in the 1920s. And they sat for a moment, listening to the sound. And when they were startled to hear two voices suddenly start rumbling over the top of the engine. A ma- two male voices and one female. They sprang up from the table, rushed to the window to look out. And even though the drive was empty, the sounds continued. They could hear two male voices out there. And these voices were escalating into an argument. And the argument stopped at the sound of a gunshot ringing out and the ghostly sound of a woman screaming. Astonished, baffled, they went to work and maybe dreaded coming back home that night. But the evening actually was uneventful that night. Then once again, however, over breakfast the next day, they heard the exact same sequence of sounds on the driveway. The motor car, the voices, the shot, the scream. Despite the fright of it all, a sense of bravado and defiance was starting to set into these two couples. 
If this really was some sort of supernatural experience, then why should they give in? This was their house now. So they would stand their ground and try and just ignore or get rid of whatever was in there. The house responded that evening when they were sitting down for their meal. The sun had just sank over the horizon when the four were startled because a woman was at the top of the stairs screaming. They rushed to the staircase to follow this sound and they heard a scuffle, but even though they heard the sound of what sounded like a body tumbling down, they still saw nothing. It was just the sound of the woman and the body falling. Things grew more sinister still later that evening. George was tasked with grabbing a jar of fruit from the house basement. He headed downstairs to look for it in the dark cellar, and he realized the jar had been stored on a high shelf, too high for him to reach. So he dragged a box over, stepped onto it, and as he stood there reaching for the jar, something crazy happened. He told Steiger this, and I quote, I experienced a brief sensation that something was rushing towards me from out of the shadows just before it slammed into my knees. I had the impression that something like a large dog or some kind of animal had struck me, and then he said, I could hear it breathing from the dark corner of the fruit cellar. And he said, I, I admit, I was just too afraid to even move. So he yelled out. Rick came down with a flashlight and Rick stood with George and they directed the beam into the corner of the room. And as insane as it sounded, they said they could both hear the sound of loud panting coming from the corner despite seeing nothing. Whatever it was there, though, seemed to see the light because it responded to the beam as it touched the corner and it sprang off towards a darker section of the cellar. Well, by now, three weeks had passed in this home and they had reached the time when some of their parents wanted to come and visit. You know, parents do that, don't they? When you move into a new house, they want to come down and check it out. So Anna's folks were the first to come, Deirdre and Fred Seavers. They lived a few hours away and arrived late on a Friday afternoon and they would stay in the house for the weekend. It would be quite an eventful one. Join me next time on Frightful for the second and final look at this bizarre and little-known haunting case. Frightful, by the way, is usually an audio-only podcast, but I've made a video version of this particular episode for YouTube. If you like that, let me know in the comments. And if you want more reasons not to sleep, then search Frightful in your podcast apps for previous episodes. Or if you want ad-free versions of this and all of my other shows and extra content, exclusive stuff, then check out patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws. I'm Peter Laws, and you've been listening to The Thing in the House on Frightful. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.